this is another episode of On the Line. I'm Joe Mullings, and in studio today, I've got the lovely Christina Brummett. Hello. And Christina is joining us because she sort of leads a major push here on driving awareness and interaction with the quote-unquote customer, and that's both the company and the individual in the market. And she drives some unbelievable guidance on helping people make the right decision even before they get too too deeply engaged with us. Yeah, absolutely. Just talking about the experience of going through the job search and the interviewing process and and just getting to that ideal job and, and what that looks like. So as you think through all the different types of people, situations, processes, clients, all that kind of stuff, what, what, are, the, what are the general guidelines that you operate under as you give this guidance to people and maybe they can take on their own and move forward with? Yeah, so right from the beginning, they have to have an understanding of what they want and what they're trying to accomplish. You have to have... Um, essentially your own career path and strategy because if you don't have that in place everything else um, kind of goes to waste Um, so you owe it to yourself to understand and evaluate where you are now and where you're looking to go before starting your search do you think that people tend to be moving away from something or moving towards something most of the time in their career i think everybody wants to move towards something really um but circumstances you know change um, life happens. And I think the other way, though. I think it's different perspective. I think it's the other way. I think really? people. Yeah. So, so I think people do more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure. So mm-hmm. that's moving away from something, right? So, in other words, if I said to you, um, Christina, uh, I uh, I'm going to give you the chance to earn five dollars uh, uh, an hour from now, and you'd be like, oh, cool. Or I'm going to say, Christina, I'm going to steal five dollars from you. Mm-hmm. Which would you? move stronger in behavior? Would you try and keep me from stealing $5 from you or would you bother? Well, I, I would obviously be defensive and try to protect my $5, but how does that well, translate to? Gaining pleasure is gaining $5. Feeling pain is me stealing $5 from mm-hmm. you. But so if, people will do more to avoid pain and gain pleasure. Right, but if you're, okay, so let's say you're looking for a job and you're unhappy with your job, right. how, does that re- how does that translate? Good question. So generally speaking, my guidance is, be really careful that you're not picking your next job as an um, overreaction to your current job. So it's sort of like relationships, right? Is if you can look at best friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, when you look from one relationship <laughs> to the other and you're like, dude, you couldn't have moved further in the other direction with this new one mm-hmm. than you just moved out of, right? Right. And so people tend to move away things a lot stronger than move towards general statement. Right, which is why it's still so important that you assess where you are now and where you're looking to go because maybe it is um, more advantageous for you to stay in the position that you are now for one or two years, whatever you decide, to gain a certain experience or get to a certain level than to make that move right now. So you need to assess that first before getting into the job search. And you have to have your best friend with a bottle of wine <laughs> or, or, or... And a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Or, or, right? <laughs> and have that friend ask you why. Mm-hmm. And dig into that why. Because the why, and again, I don't want to get till philosophical here, although I'm a huge Simon fan, is 
why are you doing this move? Oh, I want to go there because I want to move to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the reason for making the move? Yeah, but keep on pulling that string. Why? Because that will give you more sobriety in your interviewing process and drive your questions and drive more meaning as you figure out the answers to the questions you're asking, what they really mean in a value proposition to you as you make the decision. Mm-hmm. You, you know, something that's funny is that I've luckily had that experience and that um, group of close-knit friends and um, family support me in that way. Um, and what's hilarious is that I, I knew my why was to help people in a very general sense. Mm-hmm. I need to make some kind of direct impact that was positive in helping people. Um, but when I got into talent acquisition, I didn't think that was going to be the conduit for it. Mm-hmm. I actually was resistant towards that because my um, idea of recruiting um, was kind of sullied. Yeah. And as well it should be. <laughs> and it wasn't until I joined TMG that it's kind of been um, revived in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. it's, not a, it's not a dirty word. Right. Um, and, I, and we are helping people in that sense, and it's fulfilling that mission and vision personally for myself. If that makes sense. Yeah. So if I'm um, John Q. Public and I don't have a recruiter mm-hmm. and I'm, I see a job. So I go online, I go on LinkedIn, I see a job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that looks really interesting. Um, I want to check that out. And so I send in my resume, and suddenly I get pinged back by HR in that company. Mm -hmm. What are the first things I should do? Um, Go online and research the company. You probably should have researched the company before you submitted your information. But don't people just sort of do a shotgun blast? I'm like, okay, I'm so tired of this. I'm going to send out my resume to 42 openings. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I guess it depends. It depends if you know what you what you want and what mm-hmm. you're looking for. Right. And right. where you are in your career. Yeah. And so, how serious do you want to take it? Right. So, mm-hmm. not every not every returned volley is equally weighted. Mm-hmm. So, if I send fifty CVs over the transom, and somebody's like, "No, no, no," and I get a yes. Well, when that comes back in, I'm going to be like, which one was this again? Oh, right. Mm. So the first thing I do, I think I triage the seriousness of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Right, Because not all of them are the same. If I send one to Apple and I send one to uh, 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 Microsoft and I send one to Bill's computer company and Microsoft and Apple come back and so does Bill's computer company. You're going to go to Microsoft and Apple. Probably. Yeah. Right? So triage what you sent out. Right. But I, I also think in an ideal world... Um, you you don't want to do mass uh, emailing or mass sending out your resume because you don't want to be just any other paper. Right, but You're I'm just out of college. I'm just out of college. So let's give the advice to somebody who's just out of college. Okay. Well, then then leveraging and networking would be crucially important. But yes, I I understand where you're coming from. But so if I'm just coming out of college, I'm going to research the company, see what they have online, see how much content and and um, how much they have mm-hmm. to, to share. Mm-hmm. If they don't have much, well, that means that I have a lot of questions asked to the HR individual mm-hmm. um, before getting to an offer stage. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people do that. I didn't do that when I graduated college. Mm-hmm. Because Why? you didn't know. Right, I didn't know and yeah. I was, I didn't know the right questions to ask and I was nervous too. Yeah. I didn't want to offend anybody and yeah. I wasn't sure what was the appropriate way to go about asking these questions because honestly I didn't feel like I had the right to because mm. I just graduated college and I wanted a job. That's interesting. Wow, let's pause there for a second. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> you didn't feel like you had uh-huh. the right to. Well, yeah, I mean, you just, 
So you were willing, and again, I'm just having a dialogue. This is my personality. Right, though. you were willing to just give somebody else control of your decision-making on your career rather than offend somebody. Well, my priority at that time was to get job experience because every time somebody comes back to you, it's, it's great, you have a degree, but you don't have any real experience. And I didn't have any internship experience or co-op experience to leverage in mm -hmm. that situation. Mm -hmm. um, so my first priority was to get experience. But it was totally on luck. In other words, did that in first job end up being a good one? Um, yes, it ended up being the right stepping stone. Was right. it my? Was it the one? Right. You know, it never is the first one. Right. right. <laughs> <Never>. Hardly. <laughs> Hardly. Jobs ever. we're talking about, right? right? Yeah. No jobs too. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people get lucky. Um, but yeah, uh, I think. I, I want right to jump into stone. that though. You have to give yourself <laughs> permission. I don't care if you're right out of college. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're 30, 40 years into a career. You have to absolutely give yourself permission to commit to as much diligence as possible. And I think you should ask all the questions that you want to in the interview process. Sure, you, you have to have the courage to do so as well because the market isn't telling you that you have the permissions. And we're not taught. I mean, my, my niece who got out of university last year had no idea, how, terrible interviewer. Everybody who graduated with her, they don't teach you right. the proper way to interview. They give you some bullshit class mm -hmm. that tells you this is how you should interview. And you end up being that salesperson kind right, of selling right. yourself. Oh, you have two eyes, I have two eyes. We have a lot in common, right? right. I mean, that's what they teach you to do. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's just, it's absolutely incorrect. And, and so that's first interview, right? Who are you going to work for? Why are you going to work for them? Um, what in particular is interesting to you about that company? What homework did you do online? What content was available online? Here's an important one. Are you drinking the Kool-Aid on the product narrative or the hiring narrative? Because there's a lot of people out there that drink the Kool-Aid on the product narrative on what a company makes, and it's entirely different than what it's like inside the company. I'm gonna give an example. Yeah. And they're not a sponsor yet. Amazon. Amazon is an unbelievable company. Stock-wise, what they're doing to change the world. However, if you really do diligence, a large majority of the people who work in the organization are not pro-Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's not a fantastic place to work. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about people in that, and I'm gonna have a lot of haters, I know, so bring it. But I'm using them as an example, is I know people who've walked away from 150, 250, $300,000 a year jobs working for Amazon, because had they known what they were stepping into, the hiring narrative, the employment narrative, not the product narrative, not the stock market narrative, it wasn't what they had expected because they didn't know who to ask or where to dig or bought off on the product narrative or the stock price narrative. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm gonna take a little different perspective on that because I also think that a large portion the individual needs to take responsibility in owning and understanding what they're looking for in their career path and building out their career path. And then realizing that that can change probably in five, 10 years based off of your experiences and seeing what you like and what you don't like. Um, and you can join a company understanding the product narrative and bought into that vision and understanding maybe the hiring narrative isn't um, isn't like a Airbnb or, or you know, another example that has more of a hiring narrative than a product narrative. Um, but then you can take that 
and leverage it. Maybe you maybe you want to stay with Amazon for three to four years right, and, and get to a certain You're talking position. tactics and strategic right now, which is exactly correct. Mm -hmm. So you can, I'm not saying we shouldn't go to work at Amazon. I'm saying that you should know what you're walking into and how it serves you right. on your career design. Yes. And you, but you have to know what that looks like first before doing your job search. Yeah. And because then your job search is not strategic. Then you're just applying to things. Correct. Correct. Or there's not enough information in the public domain. Maybe there's a company you saw uh, an article in um, you know, National Geographic on. And it's like, wow, that's a really cool. I, I want to check that out. They're doing something amazing in Africa with water. Right. And but there's no info in the public domain on that. Mm -hmm. Right. So some of the things that you could do maybe would be what? Um, you're going to have to talk to individuals that are currently in the company. Mm -hmm. How did you find them? LinkedIn. OK. Or. Um, yeah, it, that's networking um, and asking to be able to talk to those individuals. So mm -hmm. understanding that maybe somebody already has an integrating process, but if you need questions answered from a certain perspective, don't hesitate to lean in and ask for that. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's and, and you're right, and I think I'm glad you define networking because networking doesn't mean with only you people you know. So if I was on reading National Geographic magazine and I saw a company that was developing a water uh, sourcing technology in Africa and it spoke to me and resonated with me for at least the missionary mindset, not the mercenary mindset that I might have, um, first thing I would do is I'd go on Google, right? I'd go on Google and I'd look for anybody who ever worked for that company or any article ever written on that company. And then that person is usually quoted. There's usually one person quoted. Mm -hmm. And then I start pulling the string on that. Mm -hmm. And I Google that person's name. Mm -hmm. And then I Google that person and maybe that technology. Or maybe I look in the patent office, right? Depending on what I'm going after. Is this where you're becoming the mercenary? This is now I'm becoming the mercenary <laughs> right. because I'm driven by the, by the missionary mindset. Mm -hmm. And so the best mindset in the world is when you sign up for something with a missionary mindset and you become a mercenary because of that missionary mindset. Right. Could be one of the most critical drivers of anything, career, love life, uh, uh, anything at all. That mindset, when you learn to take that missionary mindset, convert it to a mercenary behavior, mm -hmm. you become incredibly dangerous. Yeah. In a good way. Right. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think a lot of people use that or implement it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, sometimes it's not really like aligned with their personality as well. So I'm going to challenge that, right? You and I work closely together, right? And we have found an unbelievably powerful um, role for you in our organization that has evolved, right? You came in really effective in one role mm -hmm. and then shared with us, like, I really think I really would even do better here. I'm like, cool, let's look for that role. We found it. And you're like, you were an all-star before, but not like you're an all-star, all-star, mm -hmm. right? And that came from, <laughs> and, and that came from, you were in a mindset before that you were motivated. Um, you believed in the organization's mission. Um, you sort of were mercenary, mm -hmm. but I would say same person, same personality. Mm -hmm. You found what it is that clicked with your missionary mindset, you are now undoubtedly a mercenary with a missionary driver. I mean, since you flattered me, Same person. I, I agree. <laughs> but that's what I mean is we can use you as an example. Right. And so I, I, I'd say I wouldn't take a cop out of, oh, maybe it's not your personality. Mm -hmm. I'd say that maybe 
you really defined what does that missionary person look like, mm-hmm. right? In, in, in Christina Brummett's case, that's what it is. And it's right there and I can see it. Now I can go for it. Right. And that's one of the things I love about our organizations and our organization, our search consultants, is that we encourage individuals that we speak to to ask those hard questions because we ask them back. And surprisingly, you know, individuals on the phone, they'll come back and and not understand why we're we want to hear their story Mm -hmm. or their drivers or their motivators. They don't have responses to that because they they didn't do um, their due diligence on themselves. Self-auditing. Yeah. I mean, you really have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, it, exactly. And um, when you start pulling back the onions and the layers and asking those deep questions, it really becomes um, a psychological gain mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get really surprised with that. And and then we're able to, pr- to really make it easy for them as far as giving them that due diligence on the company and the culture um, with our content and leveraging our partnerships with our client um, that it just really gets them closer to that truer yes or truer no, hopefully earlier on in the process. Yeah, and so if you're going through the process and you don't have a great search firm working with you uh, or somebody coaching you, here, here's what you can do, is you should always give yourself permission to dig. And then you should do your homework first on LinkedIn and in the public domain on the individuals. And look at who it is that's leading the company because that's typically an indicator of culture, mm-hmm. right? And then look at what those people have done in their past. Look up articles even outside the company you're interviewing with in regard to the market you're in because the job you're looking for today um, better have an upside five years from now when you're looking at tech, right? Right. So if you're looking at tech today and it's not indexing towards maybe AR or VR, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, or machine learning, or artificial intelligence, and that's what your career is in, and you just don't see it on the job you're taking, you better have a reason to sit in that pocket for a year, year and a half. Maybe it's to go to work for an incredible leader. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. it's Again, it's dependent on what your needs are at that point in time. Yeah. Maybe you're a recent graduate and your needs are mentorship. Mm-hmm. And you and that's what you're leaning on. And that actually, that's what it was for me in my first job. My needs were more in regards to mentorship and how I actually even got into talent acquisition in the first place. And then it evolved into understanding and building my expertise in the recruiting space. And then realizing that while marketing and, and recruiting, they're closely aligned, this could be leveraged in a whole completely different capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's when I joined TMG because I, I am bought into that vision is completely aligned with mm-hmm. um, but you took an active role in putting, bolting those on and blending those onto you, mm-hmm. your career highway, your career trajectory. Yeah, every year I, I assessed. I mean, was tried to be very self-aware and understanding what I was doing now and where I wanted to grow and how I could get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything else you want to add to that? No, um, <laughs> not really. Um, I mean, how about you? When you first started, yeah. did you always have that? That mercenary, missionary um, understanding? Did well, you start off with that? Nobody ever asked me, right? So, um, yeah, so I, I did engineering, so my, mine's interesting, right? And again, yes, I always had the mercenary, missionary, always. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did four years in engineering, got the engineering degree, uh, you know, looked at the box and said, oh, shit, I'm in my 20s. Okay, uh, right, uh, job, get married. Mm. Uh, and I went to work for a company for like two years, and. I knew right away that I couldn't work for somebody else. So like you, I shifted gears. I'm like, okay, how am I gonna do this? 
And I said, okay, I'm going to get into the entrepreneur business. So I got into the health club business mm -hmm. while I was working um, as an engineer. Uh, I bought into a health club that was struggling. And I went to the health club at 5 o'clock in the morning, worked there till 8.30, took a shower, went down the block to Laurel Fairchild and Sias at New York, worked there as an engineer until I could save enough money to quit that job. Right. Did that till 5.30 at night, then went to the gym from 6 to 10 at night, and I did that seven days a week until I got enough money I can quit the engineering job. Mm -hmm. And then I went on and built that out and sold that out. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I said, what am I gonna do? And then I knew I had to be my own, uh, my own uh, 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 boss, and I knew I had to do something with technology, so I got into headhunting. Mm -hmm. You know what I love about that is, it's so simplistic in the beginning. It's not like you knew, it's not like you got up and you knew that you wanted to build something like TMG. Mm -hmm. um, it started off with something very simple, like I know I have to be my own boss. I don't know with what, I don't know how, mm -hmm. um, but I'm gonna make it work. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of any other word than lucky, even though you made your own luck in mm -hmm. a sense. You're lucky to have found that simplistic point and then to have the courage to execute on it. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people do, including myself, it took me quite some time to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, and it's still a journey for me. And mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, it's, oh, still. it's, it's a journey sure. and that's something that um, they're really hard on themselves about, you know, realizing that they don't have it all figured out right now. Um, but having gratitude for what they do know and what they do yeah. like, and then building around that and taking it one step at a time. That's right, and and, and you nailed it right there is um, one step at a time. And, and, and make the big decision first because then all the other small decisions fall into place, right? Once I realize, because it, it's really, it's, it's very insightful by you because had I not realized that I needed to work for myself, I would have continued to work for somebody else and been frustrated everywhere else in my life, right? And that's where we talk about getting that harmonization in our life, not the balance in our life. The harmonization in our life is if you make the right big decision, all the little decisions fall into place. They mm -hmm. just do right. because it all, it's it like it drafts up behind it. If you pick the right person to spend the rest of your life with, mm -hmm. all the little things fall into place. The color of the drapes, where you go on vacation, right? But if you pick the wrong person or the wrong career, everything suddenly becomes a headwind. Right. All the small things crush you. And that's why I watch people who don't have the big thing figured out in their life get crippled by all these small things on a daily basis. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that really what you're worrying about? Yeah, yeah. And uh, harshly, the only person they can blame is themselves. Own it 100%. So when you're coming back to kind of doing due diligence in a company in a job search, and I know we got really philosophical and deep there, but that's where you have to go mm -hmm. because uh, nobody owes it to you to figure it out for you. You owe it to yourself. Yeah. And then you have a lot of options. There's a world of options out there to make it fit for you. And that's what you need to have the understanding and courage to act upon. Wow, that was like a home run right there. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, I can't even beat Power that. Power to the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to outro with that. <laughs> um, this has been on the line. I'm Joe Mullings. <laughs> Christina Brummett. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.